All right, Ephesians. So, I don't want it to be an issue or a distraction. Although I could use some distractions tonight. Amen. The reminder again that the command of God to men is to what? Love their wife. But the command to God to the woman is not to love. What is it? To reverence. Now, this is not to say that women should not be respected and men should not be loved, but God knows what the man needs and what the woman needs, and has stated it quite clearly. It's interesting. As a matter of fact, the one, once you see it, it's everywhere. It's all through Scripture. Very good. But So we're going to be on the last letter tonight, <clears throat> the one I told you I wondered about. So, so seat chairs, remember we've been working through C-H-A-I-R-S, Okay. And S is for, well, you know. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you very much for the day. And Lord, I do ask that you would help us, Lord, to be careful and to be attentive. And Lord, we know that you have spoken on this matter, and it would be foolish for us to pretend like you have not. And we are supposed to seek your word for our lives and our marriages. And Lord, that includes all the details of our marriage. And Lord, we'd ask now that you'd bless as we carefully attempt, Lord, to cover this with grace. And we'll thank you for it. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm just going to walk back through and remind you, okay? C was for conquest. Okay, so... Ladies was recognizing the man's, in your respect, recognizing the man's need to be a, a, a conqueror. He, he needs to tackle projects and accomplish them. He needs to go to work and see projects get done. And also the matter of hierarchy. H is for hierarchy, that God has put in place a hierarchy. That doesn't make the woman any less or, or any more or the man any more. It doesn't even really account for who's the most gifted. It just said... Somebody's got to be in charge, and God has chosen the man to lead the family and the church. A is for authority, and we talked a little bit more about authority in the home and how a woman responds to that authority and that there needs to be a response to that authority. I was for insight. If you remember insight, and we, we talked about a lady has an intuition, but the intuition isn't always right. It's not perfect. And man has insight, and that women sometimes need to understand that a man's insight needs to be, needs to, her own intuition needs to be set aside, and the, man, and the woman's insight, man's insight, needs to be recognized and followed also. And then R, we talked about relationship, how a man experiences relationship as opposed to how a woman experiences relationship. And it's very different. You remember we talked about relationship, how that um, you, put two, you put two women in a room, and it won't be long, and the two, if there's just two chairs and two women, and you don't give them any objective before too long, the two chairs are going to be facing each other, or nearly so, and there's going to be some yakking. 
You put two guys in the same situation, and those, those chairs are not facing each other. I'm just telling you, they're not facing each other. That will rarely happen. It's maybe, maybe side to side, maybe turned a little bit, but they're going to be shoulder to shoulder while women are face to face. And, uh, and if we count words in the room, okay, everybody with me? You count words in the room, the lady side is going to be, now granted, guys like me, and I know Brother Luke, there's going to be some more talking, but it's still not going to be to the extent. Uh, and we're not going to walk out, you know, like, oh, oh, we're so close now. You know, but, but honestly, two men being in a room together, uh, well, I'll just tell you, so, so it was very, very, a little thing for me, just a, a little thing. Uh, these things here. The, uh, da- my daughter asked, because, you know, Daddy can do anything. Um, can, you, can you build these? And um, Yeah, because I had Brother Oliver. Brother Oliver, I talked to Brother Oliver. Brother Oliver, we're going to get together and we're going to build these things. And, of course, Brother Oliver passes away. And I'm having a hard time, honestly, even looking at the thought of doing that because Brother Oliver's gone. Every time I want to go do it, I'm, I'm thinking Brother Oliver's gone, you know. And Brother Jared, Brother Jared shows up and he says, well, when do you want to do those? And he's like, he knows this needs to be done. And when do you want to do those? And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do those things. You know, and, and so we finally just pick it. Monday we're going to go, we're going to start working on these things. And I doubt we said a whole lot of words that whole time. And then towards the end, we're just about done, but we got a few boards left yet to go. And then walks in walks north, and he's like, well, what can I do? And we're not really giving an answer. And he sees what he can do, and he starts cutting boards and handing them over to us. And I walked out of that room full of appreciation for two young men. Not because we sat and, you know, we just shared our thoughts and feelings with each other, and it was so wonderful. No, but because we stood shoulder to shoulder, we faced a project, and we accomplished a project. And at least for me personally, I now have a greater respect and attachment to these two young men. Again, because I'm a guy, I'm not a girl. We were over there talking about, you know, who's going to wear what and what color the ties are. And is everybody here? Now, granted, let me just pause and remember that there is a range. There's a range of men and a range of women. God, did, God didn't design us all completely you know, all guys aren't, you know, perfectly 95% male and like 5% effeminate. It pretty much is across the board. I mean, there's a, there's a range of, of things in there where some guys have things that we have labeled effeminate. But let me just tell you, being artistic is not effeminate. It's a, it's a gift of God. But normally that kind of falls more on the ladies. But just because a guy's artistic doesn't mean that it's, he's, a, he's, a, he's weird. So by here... I need you all to be here. Amen. Well, tonight, I'm wondering because, you know, tonight we're going to talk about, yeah, that. <clears throat> well, I'm looking around, and I think the, the youngest one in the room is mine, I think, right? And so I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to be careful, okay? So I want everybody to understand I'm going to be careful. Uh, I'm going to do my best to be discreet, but still talk about things that God talks about, and you do your best to keep your mind out of the gutter and under holy things. Okay, is everybody with me? Okay. So I'm gonna, there are some things I'm going to say that may run the border, but I, I, we have to talk about it, okay? We need to talk about it. So ladies, if you are like pent up, angry, or something going on, it's funny even, and I know that again there's a various response to that, but it's funny watching ladies most often 
when they come out like relaxed and feeling enjoyable is when they have spent time often with a friend. I can watch my wife. She can enjoy a bath, and she does enjoy a bath. You know, and, you know she likes being by herself. But my, when I watch her with one of her friends, and then we're on our way home, I have a completely different wife because she's chilled out, you know, and you know, she's, she's just had lots of fun. She's talked, you know, and talked about all sorts of stuff. And, and you know, and ladies, listen, ladies, ladies have needs for this. Now, granted, to a different extent, Ladies have, and I'll just say, ladies, this would be a good place to say amen, say amen, but ladies, you guys have emotional needs. You, there are things and things you want from your husband that you want from your friends. There are things you, you honestly hope and, hope and expect your man to fulfill, giving you what you need, okay? It's usually face time. And often, when a, when a woman looks at a man, when we, talk, when we think about emotional needs, a woman will think of a man in the same way as she thinks of a woman, and that's honestly, number one, not fair, <laughs> but it's built into a woman. Men are not women. I don't know if you notice that or not. Okay? Now, we all know this to be true. We all know this to be true, and I'm not, I'm not aiming this at anyone in, in this room because I don't know and I don't want to know. So at least right now, don't, unless you've know, unless you got some issues we need to go to the Lord about. But often, the way ladies respond to a man who is not giving them their emotional need is to themselves withhold physical intimacy, expecting that that will get the man's attention to give her what she needs. And instead, it does the exact opposite. Now listen, it does the exact opposite. When a woman withholds physical intimacy from a man, in her mind, now listen, this is, you need to understand guys like this too. Usually a woman's response to that is it's a plea, it's a cry for FaceTime. Okay, is everybody here? So guys, pay attention. Remember, we talked to you about that already, guys, so we're talking to the ladies now. But ladies, when you withhold intimacy because you think that's going to get your man's attention to give, fulfill your emotional needs... It's not going to work because your man is not a woman. He's a man. He's, and he thinks very differently. Okay? When, when intimacy is withheld or paused or whatever, whatever you want to call it, that's not an agreed upon time like the Bible teaches, um, all you're doing is you're basically just throwing frustration at him on purpose. Okay? And he feels it. Listen. And I, I, this is hard, it's hard to understand, and we'll, we'll get a little bit more specific down the road, or further as we get into this. But he feels it, not just in the fact that he needs intimacy, but it's a loss of respect. Literally, I, I do not respect you. And we'll, we'll talk about that just a little bit further as we get along. Let me read another passage for you. You're welcome to turn there if you want. It's over in 1 Corinthians. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to turn there and read it with me. 1 Corinthians in chapter 7. We're going to be several different places tonight. <clears throat> Hope everybody's buckled in. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In this passage, Paul is talking about marriage. Remember when we preached through 1 Corinthians, we talked some about this. But let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. This is talking about physical intimacy, or at least emotional intimacy. Okay? So the, the, wife, the husband's supposed to render to the wife what she needs. The wife's supposed to render unto the husband what he needs. 
The wife, verse 4, hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other. That's a command. Defraud ye not the one the other. Listen. Except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that, listen, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. You hear that? Listen, are you hearing that? When, when a woman, naturally, somehow in her brain, thinking, if I, withhold, if I withhold intimacy, maybe he'll wake up. And often this is how ladies kind of treat each other. And I don't, I don't understand that, but a woman turns her back and they're friends. She's not talking to you. The natural response of the woman is to come and say, okay, come on now, what's going on? Let's talk. Let's, let's vent it out. Let's go. Guys don't do that. It's not how that works with a guy. So a woman thinking, that's how, that's how a guy's going to work. And the guy's like, it ain't work. That's not how it works for me. And he gets exactly the opposite. You realize that when a woman denies her husband physical intimacy, look at what does it say she's doing? She's putting him in the way of Satan for temptation. That's what that verse 5 says. Are you listening? Do you see that? That Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Well, I'm not going to do anything with him. Okay, great. You might as well just say, here, Satan, have him. Smiles, everybody here? Okay. Now, everybody say, well, he should. Okay, well, granted, listen, should the husband grow and should he have some strength? Yes. We're not talking about the husband tonight. Remember, we talked about him already. Now we're talking to the ladies, okay? Now we're talking to the ladies. So, now, that's G here. Uh, I've already talked about that. I love this one statement this person said. I I tend to agree with it. The devil does everything he can to bring bring people together sexually before marriage. So he also does the same thing, everything he can to keep them away from each other after marriage. Boy, that is so true. That is a very true thing, how the devil would do that. Man, he wants to get them, mess them up before they get married. And once they get married, keep them away from each other. So let me just tell you, and the way the, way the book that we talked about, Love and Respect, the book, and we're getting some pieces from there. The way it talks about is there's a crazy cycle where she denies him what he wants. And, and he, in response, says, well, fine, well, I'm not going to give you what you want. And the two just, I mean, it's a vicious cycle back and forth. Well, I'm not going to give you physical intimacy. Well, fine, I'm going to go be with the boys. Well, I want you to be with me. Fat chance. I ain't giving you what you want. Well, I'm not giving you what you want either. And it just keeps going round and round. I'm going to bite you. I'm going to bite you back. I'm going to bite you. It's called the crazy cycle. That's stupid. <laughs> it's crazy. And he says, why don't you get out an energizing cycle? Well, only if he does it first. Listen, if somebody don't start it, they don't get started. What's the energizing cycle? I, the woman provides to the man what he wants. And the man provides to the woman what she wants. You see that? And it gets going. If you notice Ephesians 5.33 was not a, a and, if, or, maybe suggestion. Here, here's, here lady, men, listen. Love your wives. Okay, well, and I'm telling you, every guy in the, every room, guy in the room says, well, I, I love her. I mean, I, duh, I love her. If it ever changes, I'll let her know. And that's not what that means. Love is an action. Love is acts. It's, uh, biblical love is not a warm, mushy feeling. It's acts of service. You hear that? that? You've studied all through. Biblical love is acts of service. For God, so in this way, like so, love the world that he gave his only begotten son. An action. So how does your woman like to be loved? How does she feel loved? Well, then love her that way. 
Well, she doesn't deserve it. I don't remember seeing that in the passage. They said, if you got a wife, you love her. And conversely, ladies, it says the same thing to you. Wives, you reverence your husband. Well, I'll respect him when he's respectable. Well, you'll disobey the scripture then because it says reverence your husband. Well, there's not much there to respect. There's always something, always. No, there's not. Oh, you know, whenever you say never, you're, you're lying to yourself. When you say never and always, you're just lying to yourself. Find it. What is respectable? And by the way, again, it's not a based on whether he is, whether you respect him or not. It's to reverence him. It's an action. Amen. It's an action. Do it. And you want to get on the energizing cycle where the, where the, the life of the marriage just gets better and better and wonder and wonderful and tighter and tighter? Somebody got to start the cycle. And tonight, ladies, it's your chance. We're talking to you. So go after it. Amen. Kick the devil out of your bed. The devil has no place in your bedroom. Get him out. Get him out of there. Listen, many women, I'm just going to be a little bit honest, but many women grow, if not most women, get, get tired of the constant call for intimacy from their man. They might even think, listen, they might even say it like this, well, it's his number one need. That's a half-truth, okay? The man himself, men, men themselves might even connect it, it's my number one need, you know, it's because of the way the world presents it and talks about it today. But listen, again, if we go back to that, if we go back to Ephesians 5.33, why do women want to talk? Because their one, number one need is to talk? No, their number one need is to feel love. And so that comes with time spent and love, talking, interaction. And it's not the time spent that, that is what she needs. She needs the love, that, the feeling of love, that, or the tank filled up, that is a result of that. So everybody here? Come on. In the same way, physical intimacy for a man, it's not just the physical intimacy, it's the respect he feels as a result of that. Is everybody here? Because the ultimate, according to the Bible, what we're supposed to do is men love, women respect. Amen. And that's, that's pretty straight. So, a woman, again, generally, I've already said that, so we're going to keep right on going. So, men, when you refuse to talk to your wife, okay, you refuse to talk to your wife, and maybe even you don't let her talk to you, you are telling her, in essence, I don't love you. Listen, listen, man, there's a, good, there's a good throw in here for the men, right? When you refuse to talk to your wife, you are telling her, I don't love you. Well, that would be directly against Ephesians chapter 5 that is telling you to love her. Okay? Likewise, ladies, when a woman denies intimacy or uses that a weapon or a bartering chip in the marriage, you are sending a clear message of complete disrespect to your husband. Absolute disrespect. It is interesting. I just want put ladies put this in perspective a second. Ladies, do you want your man to have? Let's see. Do you want your man to quote only have eyes for you? Come on now, answer the question, ladies. Do you want your man to have only have eyes for you? Yeah. Okay. How is he supposed to only have eyes for you and you completely expect it when he keeps coming to you for physical intimacy and he keeps getting turned down? Right, you understand, is he supposed to have eyes for you? Yes. Should a man have eyes for him? Yes. 
but you realize that you are purposefully putting him in a position to be in the temptation of the devil. Beware using this as a... Listen, you think the Bible doesn't know this? It's amazing to me. So I'm going to just give you a couple of verses, and I won't quote them right here, but you write it down, Proverbs 5.19. You can go read it right now if you want. Proverbs 5.19 and Song of Solomon 4.5. Proverbs 5.19 and Song of Solomon 4.5. These are two verses that show and recognize that God understands that a man is, is stimulated visually. Okay? Visually. By the, by, the, by the female presence, okay? I'm trying to be a little bit careful there. A man is stimulated visually. They're clear. They're clear acknowledgments that God understands how men work. As a matter of fact, if we could go into Matthew chapter 5 and say, um, where it talks about adultery, and it says, if a man looketh on a, look, hear that? Looketh on a woman to lust after her. You see that? Again, because God recognizes how men are are stimulated okay i'm gonna have to use that's the word i'm gonna have to use how they're stimulated they're visually stimulated okay now so those two verses of proverbs 5 19 solomon 5 5 4 5 they talk very specifically about a, a portion of a woman's body and saying listen men be captivated okay so can i can i step out here just a sec husbands and wives Okay, so ladies, if ladies and men, you're in the bedroom changing, you know, and we're, what does a guy do? It's like, a guy can be changing his clothes and the woman can be over there going, don't leave your socks over there. Don't sit on the bed. I just made it. And a guy would be like, there's a bed. <laughs> socks? Is everybody here? Why? Because men and women are not the same. L- listen, they're not the same. So, okay, and just make sure we're, not, we're going the right direction here. That's directly because of how God designed men. God generally designed men to be visually connected, okay? Oh, certainly he can't. I mean, you know, there's been too, too much continental drift over here. That, no, no, you understand. It's yours. It's, he's yours. You're his. And that's how men are stimulated. It just is, okay? And by the way, ladies, if you're married and you have a husband, you are his only source and you should be his only source. Amen. I mean, that, I'll just throw that in there. So again, if we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I'm going to bring the Apostle Paul back in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Defraud ye not the one the other. When you choose to withhold physical release from your husband, you are quite literally handing him over to the devil for temptation. Well, he should just learn some self-control. Well, that may be. And maybe you should learn some selflessness. Right, you hear me? He should learn some self-control. Well, yes, I, hopefully as men grow, they are learning self-control. But that does not just relieve the woman of also learning selflessness. Amen. Why would you persist in adding rules to and putting restrictions on and resisting something that in, your, in, is, in time consumption is like this big and the, the, the product of the investment is so, so massive? Is everybody here? Okay, you can play all that game all you want, ladies, but what you're doing is you just keep going down the crazy cycle and you're never going to get the energizing Well, excuse me, maybe not never, but you're basically putting yourself in a cycle where you're going to get back what you're given instead of, instead of getting what you need and what you hope. Amen. So there's a vicious cycle we don't want to get on. He won't talk to her. She won't be intimate, intimate with him. So 
she doesn't, he doesn't want to talk to her, so which makes her not want to be intimate with him, so which makes him not want to talk to her. <laughs> you, you see the, is everybody here? Okay. So let, going back again, using five, Ephesians 5.33 as a base, husbands, love your wives. Rive, wives, reverence your husbands. These are both given without reservation, without having to earn it. So let, let me put it this way. Ladies, let, let me just ask you this question. And there's, a, there's an intent behind this, and I want you to think it through. Ladies, what would you think, think if your husband just decided, I'm not going to talk to you? Well, you know, he does that sometimes. No, for like three days. Okay, maybe three weeks, not going to talk to you. Three months, not going to talk to you. Can, it, can any ladies understand how horrific that would be on, on your vision of how the relationship is going? Listen, ladies, are we here? So, okay, now let's put the shoes on the other feet. Is everybody here? Put the shoes on the other feet. Well, I'm just not going to have physical intimacy with him. Three days. Three weeks. Three months. Are you here? Are you here? Listening? The same way you feel neglected and hurt and feel like he doesn't love you is the exact same way he feels with the resistance and denial of the other. Amen. This is, this is good stuff. <laughs> Would be horrific. Uh, I'll make sure if you, you got to put, you got to put, you got to put shoes on both feet. Uh, now, now listen, ladies, do you want, does, do any ladies, you want your emotional, all your emotional tanks just full and overflowing? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be awesome? Just your husband's just constantly dumping in your, well, you know what? The, one of the ways that you can see that happen is by being selfless and beginning to pour into his tanks. Listen, on purpose, pour into his tanks. And his tanks aren't talk, 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 talk. Okay, just make sure we're all on the same page. So, all right, let's keep going. Yeah, we're almost done. Maybe not. Okay. So just to kind of add a Bible verse to that, to be sure we're all, make sure I'm not just walking off and giving good ideas. Luke 6.31, And as you would that men should do to you, Okay, do ye also to them likewise? One of you has got to break the crazy cycle. And ladies, tonight we're talking to you. So many women, listen, I'm just going to throw this out, but many women would be surprised to find out how talkative their husband might be if their tank got filled up. And I'll just throw it out there. So, amen. All right. You know, it kind of matches scripture, doesn't it? Isn't that kind of how it works that... God meets my needs when I'm meeting others' needs. That's exactly how scripture seems to work. Amen. All right. So, ladies, listen. I know it's not that I don't know that some of this is a hard truth to hear in some ways. Okay? Um, and I'm, I'm going to go a step further, and I, I want you to listen to me with some... Don't, don't, don't do the automatic knee-jerk response to this. I want you to listen all the way through. It may be a hard thing to hear, but a woman who withholds from her husband intimacy and then finds out her husband has committed adultery need to understand that maybe while she is not to blame, she's also not blameless. Okay, is everybody here? Listen, a woman who withholds physical intimacy from her husband and then finds out he's committed adultery, she may not be to blame but she is also not blameless. Again, because what does the Bible say? If there's incontinency, 
You're putting yourself in the way of the devil for, this, for temptation. It's just direct. Amen. I, and this is, this is a very good thing. And I'm, again, this, I, this is not taking any of the blame away from a man for, from not doing right. But for a woman not to also acknowledge her own part of it is also not right. Okay? Not saying that that's what causes all of it, so don't freak out. But we specifically said when a woman withholds physical intimacy. So, think about this. He comes home and you whine, you complain. You know, how come you aren't fixing this and why don't you fix that? And how come you don't talk to me? And, and, and that's all he gets. And when he's interested in a little something, yeah, I got a headache. Yeah, I don't think so. After you, how you treated me? And then he goes to work and there's some young woman at work who thinks he's God. Who tells him, you're such a good man. I don't understand how come your wife just treats you like this. You're such a good man. Uh, you hear that? And she starts pouring into his tank respect. Listen, listen. She starts pouring reverence, admiration into his tank. Even if he's a good man, he's going to have to work hard at, a, at saying, okay, I'm going to have to distance myself from that. And when you're all the time in interaction with that, and you know what he really wants? He wants to go home and get it from you. He wants to come home and feel that admiration from you. Amen. Don't forget again the words of Proverbs 7. I'm going to take you back to now Proverbs 7. Listen, the strange woman, okay? Oh, that's the harlot. No, no, a strange woman is, a strange woman is any woman that's not your wife. Is everybody here? A strange woman is any woman that is not your wife. The strange woman has an interesting tactic, and it's brought up twice in Proverbs chapter 7, in verse 5 and verse 21. Listen, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. You hear that? And then in verse 21, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. You hear that? She's pouring reverence into his tank. That's how, that's how the strange woman draws that, draws that man in. If he's not getting it at home. So by here, I wasn't Miss Angie's. To, if, if, if he's not eating at home, he's going to eat somewhere. Okay, just, okay, we're all connected. The Bible recognizes and teaches this. So just any woman who's not my wife, not just a harlot, make sure, make sure, watch out. And guys, pay attention. When a woman starts feeding you lots of respect at work, you better put an arm's length between you and her, okay? All right. Lady, and ladies, there is, there is some woman out there who's willing to tell your man how great he is. There is. But he should be hearing that from you. I'm getting a little ahead of myself in my notes, so I'm trying to get down. All right. This is an interesting one, and it's, I hadn't thought of it until I read the book and kind of walked through it a little bit, had to think about it, and then realized that I walked through the same thing with my wife. Um, and it, it's, honestly, and this particular thing, my wife has been a great help to me. Along this line, one of the things, ladies, listen, one of the things that your hubby needs from you is an outlet to express the daily fight, and sometimes minute-by-minute minute fight that he's experiencing on this. What do you mean by that? Um, so, so you all know David and Bathsheba? Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 11. Every guy, it doesn't have to be explained to any guy that David was out walking and the woman was bathing herself. Every guy knows, he, every man automatically knows what the connotation is. Every man knows what the reaction of David is. They, they get it. It's like, oh. Now, should he have been there? That's a whole other discussion. 
Should she have been bathing in where men could have seen her? That's a whole other discussion. I don't, I don't want to go into all that. But right now, let's just look at this. That he saw, and there was an instant reaction. Okay? Now, for, for ladies, often this means if a guy is attracted to another woman. Listen, listen to me, ladies. Are you recording this? When, when ladies uh, make a friendship, it's because they have talked, okay? And often the assumption is if a man is attracted to a woman, it's because he must have spent time with her. Uh-uh. It don't have to be any time at all. He don't even have to know her name. I'm, I'm just telling you. It can be, it can be like, like a three-second thing. He saw her, some little look she had on her face, the way, the way her dress fit on her. Or, I mean, who knows what? The way she happened to step up on a thing of stairs. There can be instant attraction for a guy without ever knowing. It's because it's built into him physically. It's just how he's built. That's how men typically are built, okay? I know ladies are like, oh, no, he must have, must have spent time. No, David walked up on the roof and went, oh, I want that. There was no time spent. Is everybody here? There was no time spent. Now, men are visual people. So when your man comes to you and begins to try to, because you want to share, you want to talk, and he begins to try to say, you know, this is an issue I'm having, and your first response is, well, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I, you know, I want to talk, but I don't want to talk about that because you know, you know, you're automatically in defense. How can you love that woman? You know, there's nothing about love in there. It's just attraction. I just can't believe it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. He, he, I'm telling you, one of the best things ever, and I think, I'm not sure if it was the mall incident or not that my wife, finally caught my wife uh, together on. But we were walking in. Now, when we went to college in Oklahoma City, there was a family mall. It was a little further away, Quail Springs, okay? Then there was the Teeny Bopper Mall, which is, which one's that one? Penn, Penn Square, okay? And then there was the, you know, leftover mall where you went, anyways. But, so, I always like going up to Quail Springs. I, you know, I, I don't want to go to the Teeny Bopper Mall. And so, but Dana wanted to run to the mall. She had to run real quick. She wanted to get the thing, but she wanted the whole family to come. So we're walking in the mall, and I, I'm like five steps in, and I'm like, like this, and I'm trying to figure out where they're going. I'm kind of mumbling. And I'm, I didn't know I was being a little bit irritating, but I guess I was, you know. And we're walking along, and all of a sudden she says, what is wrong with you? And I looked at her, and I said, you want to know what's wrong? I said, it's that advertisement over there and that advertisement over there and those two girls up there and that girl over there and her head went. Oh. Because as a guy I'm walking in, it's like instantaneous. I'm getting bombarded. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep my eyes on the ground, you know. And I'm trying not to have, I I didn't think I was having a bad, evidently I was having a bad attitude about it because I responded pretty violently. And I don't know if that was the moment where she caught it but suddenly she became open to me being able to tell her I'm having an issue with this. And her not take it personally. Recognizing, recognizing I'm a guy and the only outlet I have to talk about the temptations that I face honestly is with her. I got some dear friends that ain't going to hear nothing about what's going through my head. And ain't none of you going to hear what's going through my head. And even her may not hear all of it, but I, there needs to be an outlet. And ladies, when you're, listen, listen, when your man comes to you saying, this is a place that I'm having issues, he is, he is literally wanting a love connection with you on that moment. And it's over, the, it's over the area that you like, face to face. So accept it. L- listen, that is a good thing. I'm t- t- listen, 
the world knows that the female form, listen, the world knows that the female form is very attractive to men. Now, actually, it's attractive to women, too, but in a different kind of way, okay? I'm telling you, and some of the guys might here might be able to back me up on this, but I have seen car advertisements, car advertisements, where I found myself going, well, oh, my goodness, what was, oh, that's just a car advertisement. <laughs> where I thought I shouldn't be looking at that. What in the world is that? Oh, and I'm, there wasn't even a female on there, but the, the outline of the female was showing the car. Are you hearing me? Is everybody here? I remember, I remember my nephew, uh, Jeff, talking about working at a place. Uh, and he, he's, he worked at this one place, and he always knew all the guys put up all their nudie pictures on one wall. So he learned when he walked through that spot at work, he just looked the other direction all the time. He said, I'm walking through the same thing, looking away from that wall. He said, and for some reason, I found myself looking at the trash can. And right on top of the trash can was a wide-open magazine. He said, why did I look there? I said, because you're a guy. It's like our brains see it. It's like automatic. Now, granted, again, there's a, there's a range, there's a realm of men. Some men are totally oblivious. I don't think they're as oblivious as they lead us to believe sometimes. But most men, most men are visual people. Ladies, so don't think that somehow in the middle of all this, well, my man loves me. He's not susceptible to that. Hello? Well, my man, my man is a, you know, he's just a good, grown, mature man. Mm-hmm. Because adults never act like children. Can I just tell you, ladies, listen, ladies, for your men, sometimes it's not a problem. I mean, like, literally, not a problem. He might be out in the woods all day just thinking deer and guns and it's all good. And other days, it's like every step, it's a battle. And I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being quite literal. Every step. He might be saying, God, please help me. Please forgive me. Oh, what? Lord, please help me. I need to get that off my head. Please, I need to not have that on my... He fights with it, sometimes for a moment, by moment, sometimes for hours. The temptation of David is the temptation of almost all men. Because it's plastered all over. One of the things that we do now, I I love it. It used to be my wife, you say, don't look over there. Huh? Oh, what in the world? (laughs) So now she says, look at that over there. Oh, Oh, yeah, I really like that cornfield. That is such a great cornfield. Are we past it yet? Yes, okay, fine. <laughs> you say, well, that's wicked. You know, you're saying they're, they're, they're just, that all men are lusting all the time. No, all men are not lusting all the time. That, that's not true. The recognition of beauty and lust are two different things. The recognition of nudity and lust are two different things. Listen, but men's eyes are automatically thunk to it. Listen, and you can help or hinder that. Because he's already fighting. Listen, good, good Bible-believing men are already fighting. They don't want to be in lust. And let, let me tell you, we live in a world where it's everywhere. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I worked at a job where they knew I was a Christian and knew I was a preacher going to Bible college and on purpose invited me over to a computer screen to see what was on there because they knew I was a... Listen, I never even said a word about it. Because they knew it'd be a problem. And I remember walking up going, oh, you. Never did a look at a computer screen. Any one of those guys wanted to show me after that. Men are, listen, you might think that if he can be tempted, listen, listen, ladies, you might think that if he can be tempted by another woman, he must not be in love with me. And you'd be wrong. Because again, it's visual. It's a visual. It's built into his system to automatically see and be attracted to the female form. 
Okay, now it's yes, he should be fighting lust. Absolutely, every man should be fighting lust, not taking second looks and all that. Now, a man who's fighting this, listen, a man who is fighting this will understand that if he is seeing something attractive, he, he needs to find a way to get away from it. And there are good procedures, there's good practices. I've learned some myself. I love the one called the bounce. My eyes land on something I shouldn't be looking at. I bounce to something else and just keep right on a moving. That's a good practice. Not all men, again, are not designed exactly like this, but most men are always fighting to avoid lust in the area of their eyes. I remember very specifically standing in Calvary Baptist Church, Pawpaw, Michigan. I was 17 years old, and I was trying to fight. I was a young preacher called to preach, and I'm like, oh, I hate this. This is like, not, of course, 17. You know, your hormones are going nuts and wild, and I just couldn't stand it. Like, oh, my goodness, when is this fight ever going to be over? And Mr. Seeley was standing there. We're talking to Mr. Seeley, and I finally looked at Mr. Seeley because he's like ancient, you know. He had white hair, and I don't think he was even 80. But to me, he was ancient. Like, so, Mr. C, Brother Seely, yeah. I says, so, and we kind of were on that topic loosely. I says, so when does all this quit? He says, well, when does what quit? You know, like, always having to fight with your eyes. And he laughed. I said, <laughs> I mean, that was the big answer right there. He just, like, laughed at me, you know. And then he says, well, when I find out, I'll let you know. I said, what? <laughs> You're kidding me. You're like 105 years old and you're still having trouble with your eyes? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You hear? hear? Listen, men and women are not the same, ladies. Okay? So, a man's love, listen, a man's love for a woman is not affected by the fact that he sees another visually attractive person. You hear that? A man's love for a woman, listen is not affected because he sees another visually attractive woman. Okay? Everybody here? Okay. All, he just needs to see her. It's not like he's got to go over there and do goo goo ga ga FaceTime and all that stuff. So let, so let, me, just, let me just throw this kind of little thing out there and, and kind of, well, we'll just say it. It's, it's interesting, if you ever get a group of ladies together and they can talk about, um, talk about how good-looking an actor is on a movie. Oh, that guy, oh, yeah. And they can talk about it like, yeah, that guy's good looking. Listen, can you, ladies, what would you think if ever a group of guys got together in front of you and said, hey, what about ScarJo over there, huh? She's pretty hot. Listen, is everybody here? Better not. <laughs> the ladies never consider the effect that that might have on the men, but every man knows I am dead meat. If I ever even think to say out loud that somebody else is attractive, But the recognition of a person being attractive is not lust. Listen, there are beautiful people out there. There really are. It doesn't mean that just because a man recognizes a woman as beautiful that he does not love you. Listen, he married you after all. Well, yeah, but I'm not the same as I used to be. Is he a believer? Is he a good-willed husband? Listen, is he a good-willed husband? Listen, He's probably fighting it because he's chosen to stay there. Amen. And by the way, most men are still visually stimulated. Listen, most husbands, probably most if not all, are still visually stimulated by their wives. Oh, it's just not the same. You know, my, and, and ladies get this thing like, well, I'm too fat or you know, things have changed. You know, gravity's taken... You know, the man does not care. I'm just telling you. The man does not care. You are the one. Listen, listen. 
Proverbs 5.19, be thou ravished always. Always. Well, I can't believe you're saying that. I'm just telling you, that's how men are built. And you are the source that they get that from, and you should be the only source. And if you're the one keeping, keeping your man from that source, then you are purposefully saying, I'd rather leave you to the devil and temptation and let you fight. Is everybody here? Okay, we're moving right along. There is a reason why Proverbs tells the man to choose his own wife as his visual stimulant. Okay. Okay, so anyways. We already mentioned Matthew 5, 28. We're going to skip by that. So let's kind of clean it up here. The Bible knows, by by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Bible knows what men's problems are. And men, what problems you have. That's why it says, don't look on a woman to lust after in her heart. So, men... Yes, you need to fight on it. And yes, women, I mean men who are married, you have one source, and that's the source you should be going to. As a matter of fact, Proverbs makes that quite clear also. Drink waters from your own cistern. You, you go there. Okay, ladies, if he's coming to drink, there needs to be something to drink. Amen. There needs to be something to drink. I, and, and I'm not going to get into all kind of details. The Bible's quite clear. You know what? I'm... I'm the Bible says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. Whatever, whatever a husband and woman, a husband and wife are, are happy together doing, great. But listen, listen, listen. Ladies, if you're, if you're going to use it as a way to get what you want out of it, it's not going to work that way. It's going to get exactly the opposite. It's, it's, God has given your husband one body for him to enjoy in that manner and it's yours. Why would you hide that from him? At the same time, demanding that he give you what you want. Amen. So some, just some thoughts to finish up and we'll be done. So ladies, your hubby will feel you appreciate his desire for intimacy with you. Listen, your hubby will feel you appreciate his desire for intimacy with you when? Number one, you respond to him intimately more often and initiate it yourself occasionally. Respond to him intimately more often and initiate it yourself occasionally. Number two, when you understand his physical need is the same as your emotional need. When his physical need is the, is the male counterpart of your emotional need. Number three, you let him acknowledge his temptations without automatically fearing that he will be or is being unfaithful to you. I'll say that one again. When you let him acknowledge his temptations without automatically fearing that he will be or is being unfaithful to you. And lastly, and we could have went through and done a whole lot of other stuff, but lastly, when you don't try to make him open up verbally by depriving him of your intimacy. Okay? By when you don't try to make him open up verbally by depriving him of your intimacy. Amen. I'm just going to read this passage again. Read a couple of these passages again. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, defraud ye not the one the other, except it would be consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Amen. 
Now, it's interesting to me, it's kind of interesting how he, how he put it together, but if you remember when we talked to the ladies, because I'm sure everybody remembers, what, like a year or two ago when we did all that, and we did the ladies, C-O-U-P-L-E, couple, and the very first thing for the ladies was closeness. And the very last thing for the men was S for, well, you know. Okay, why? Because what the woman longs for is the closeness, the face-to-face time, and what the man longs for is the physical intimacy. It's how we're, it's how, how we're built. It's a wonderful thing. I, I even thought about, I got all the other notes in there, but since you probably don't want me preaching five or six more messages tonight, or pieces of it. But, so, just remember, all right? So let, let, me, let me at least go back to the men. Since I got a broader audience tonight, I'm going to go back and talk to the men a little bit. We'll redo C. Is that okay, ladies? For closeness, you'll you know, be okay with that? So ladies, here's what, here's, I'm just going to give you, uh, guys, your wife feels close to you when, and I'm, I'm not going to go preach the message, I'm just going to give you the, ends at, the pieces at the end. Your wife feels close to you when you hold her hand. For what reason? doesn't have to be a reason, just, just hold her hand. Okay? If she pulls it away, she's not saying she doesn't love you, she's just got something else to do. Okay? Hold her hand. When you hug her. When you hug her. When you, listen, when you are affectionate without other intentions. You hear that, guys? When you're affectionate without always having other intentions. Okay? When you purposefully set time for you and her to be alone, listen, alone, not for intimacy, but so that you can focus just on each other and laugh and talk. She will feel super close to you when you do that. This is what my wife always goes after me about. When you go for a walk. Can we go walk by the canyon? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Okay? Or anything else that results in togetherness. Okay? When, guys, listen, your wife feels close to you when you seek her out and set up a date night and do things like she likes. And date, so guys, remember, guys, we hunt and then we bag and hang it on the wall. The ladies like to still be, they don't want to be bagged and hung. They want to be hunted the whole, the whole rest of their married life, guys, okay? So when you go out of your way to do something for her, uh, like run an errand, wash the dishes, okay? Just something simple. Not, not a, like, I'm just saying when you do something that you, she would normally do and you just take it over and do it without her having to ask you. Make it a priority to spend time with her. I'll just tell you, a big one that I found that seems to, be, seems to fill up her, my wife's tank pretty well is to be away from her at work or out on a trip or something and purposefully send something back that said you were just thinking of her, like a note or a text or, hey, I saw this, look at, I saw this and I thought of you. And that seems to fill her tank. Because I'm out doing other things, and you know how we are, guys, just like one-track mind. Click, 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 click. Oh, I have a wife. You know? But to step out on purpose and say, I need to send something. Listen, even if you have to put a reminder on your phone, guys, listen, put a reminder on your phone, send a note to your wife. Oh, yeah, that's right. I probably should do that. That's a good idea. Okay, what am I going to say? You know what? It don't really have to be anything crafty and specific. The fact that you thought of her, listen, the fact that you thought of her is a big deal to your wife. 
All right, guys, let me see if I can come up with a couple of these things. Um, <laughs> um, let, her, let her know that you are aware of her as a person with a mind and opinions. And let her know that you enjoy discussing with her, discussion, discussing things with her, and also getting her insights, which means you need to learn to do that, guys. Amen. Um, a big one would be suggest the unexpected, and then kind of go through with it. Hey, let's go do this. What? Yeah, come on. Let's go. go let's go. Let's go. Let you, well, I just, no, come on. Change your clothes. You want to wear this and this? Let's go. But they might fuss with it at first, but they're going to love it afterwards. I'm just telling you. Okay. And we'll leave that last one out. So... Well, maybe not. If, if, if you've had, uh, if you've enjoyed the closeness with your spouse, uh, don't, don't roll over and turn on SportsCenter. Give time to your spouse. Talk. Open up. Amen. Amen. I mean, these are good practical things based on some, based on very common human habits and some very good Bible to back it up. Uh, I, I just the whole idea of Ephesians 5:33. It never dawned on me to look at Ephesians 5:33 as anything more than yeah, yeah, yeah. Husband love his wife, and no, no, no. Husband is to unconditionally love his wife, with and love as an action, and a wife is to unconditionally reverence her husband, and that is action. That's done in action, both sides. Amen. And this will put your this will put your marriage on what the book calls an energizing cycle. Amen. And this is, this is, let me tell you, some of these thoughts come from uh, an author who has spent time in homes with families putting marriages back together again. These aren't just some guy that had a really cool idea. These are things he's done and used to put marriages back in where they should be and walking, walking through uh, issues of even separation and divorce and putting those lives back together again because of teaching them some of these things about energizing cycles. Amen. Good stuff. Praise the Lord. All right, so that was our lesson for tonight. We'll have a word of prayer, and we will be dismissed. Thank you, Lord, uh, for...